Welcome to Whenever Worship with Washington Farm United Methodist Church. Our daily life can make it hard to connect with God at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. Whenever Worship helps you connect whenever you can, wherever life takes you with patterns of prayer, reflection, and conversation that will help you lift your heart up in all of the ways that we live out our lives as people of a living faith in a living God. I hate the song, Mary, Did You Know? I mean, I hate it. As in, you will never hear that song played during a Christmas service at Washington Farm as long as I'm in the pulpit. The song, you see, I mean, it basically denies that that Mary actually heard or understood anything that the angel Gabriel told her. In the final verse of this song, the lyrics say, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is is heaven's perfect lamb? The sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Now, in 431 CE, the, the Council of Ephesus, I mean, thought that they settled these questions for us when the council declared Mary Theotokos, meaning God-bearer. And yet, here we are, almost 1,600 years later, and churchgoers everywhere sing this song at Christmas as if we have never heard Gabriel tell Mary, do not be afraid. As if we have never heard Mary sing, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And I wonder, I mean, I really wonder if it's because we've put our own doubts and uncertainty about about this thing called incarnation into the mind of the woman whose womb knew the divine in the most intimate way. We sing, Mary, did you know? Because we struggle with the knowing, with the understanding of this event called the incarnation. And I think that struggle is part and parcel of how Christmas gets so far away from the actual story of Christmas. The incarnation is fundamental to the Christian faith. I mean, to our Christian faith. And and it's not just because without the person of Jesus being born at Christmas, we couldn't know the person of Jesus being resurrected on Easter. That's, I mean, that's important too. But it's so much more than just the trajectory of birth, life, death, resurrection. Hmm. Typically, On the third Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of joy. That's the pink candle. And we read Mary's Magnificat. And maybe we we even sing it. I've read part of this in, in other reflections. But, you know, I don't think we can ever hear Mary's song enough. And so I want you to listen to her words once more. Mary sings... 
My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And and holy is his name. His mercy is, is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. You know, when I when I hear Mary's song of joy, it it always makes me think about Beatitudes and in, in, in Jesus's most famous sermon I hear echoes of, of Mary's song. Have you ever heard that? In Matthew 5, Jesus preaches, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure of heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Both the Magnificat and Beatitudes tell us about God's kingdom. They they tell us about God's desire for this world. They, They tell us about how God works in this world. And neither Mary's song nor Jesus's sermon uses a future verb tense to do it. Mary does not say that that God will bring down the mighty. And Jesus does not preach that the poor in spirit will be blessed. And in Mary's case, she's using a verb tense that in Greek is is called the aorist. And at its most basic, it it represents the, the simple past. I walked the dog. God brought down the powerful. However, the aorist is often used to talk about things that did happen in the past but are also still happening in the present. We find these verbs throughout the New Testament Greek, and and we actually pray using this verb tense every single time we lift up our hearts and say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in the Lord's prayer. Mary isn't referring to an event that that happened once and and was done. She's talking about the way in which God has started working in this world and is still working. And in Jesus's most famous sermon, you should notice that, that he's not describing only a kingdom that will come someday. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst. They are blessed now. The kingdom is theirs now because they've already been blessed. Both Mary and Jesus are describing a world 
that has been transformed by God. They're describing an already that currently is. The, the thing about the incarnation is that it's the moment when a God on high interrupts human history, not just from some unattached vantage point, but, but by walking and talking and living and, yeah, dying among us, among people like you, among people like me. Now, prior to this moment, no one, I mean, no one had ever seen God. Sure, they'd experienced God as a burning bush, as a disembodied voice that boomed and, and also whispered as, a, as the breath of heaven, as a pillar of clouds. But, but no one could claim to have seen God. But in the person of Jesus Christ, people could see God. They could feel God. God laid God's hands on people and healed them. God's hands fed those who were hungry. God's hand offered bread and wine to those who were sinners, to the Peters and, and also to the Judases. God's back felt the lashings of a whip. God's hands carried a wooden cross. God's body hung on that same cross to die a very real, very bodily death. I mean, maybe, maybe it's just that we know this story so well that, that we've lost exactly how revolutionary this is. Our faith isn't built on things being as they have always been. Our, our faith is built on an event that literally changed the way in which we interact with God because it changed the way God interacted with us. In the fall, our bodies and the world in which our bodies move became broken. We and, and all creation were separated, divorced from intimacy with God. But, but in the incarnation, God became a body like ours. God moved through this world in the way in which our bodies move. God blessed our bodies. God blessed the way in which our bodies move in the world. God blessed the world in which our bodies move. And those blessings, they aren't the blessings of some future age, some future time when God will snap God's fingers and, and fix everything. And those blessings aren't only for those bodies who have already reached perfection or, or for those who are like the angels without a body existence at all. Those blessings are for us and they are part of our already, even if they're also part of our not quite yet. Mary, did you know? Not only did Mary know, she understood better than we do today that, that in her tiny baby, God the Father began something incredible through God the Son, through the Word made flesh. Mary knew, and she expected it with a, a joy-filled hope. Mary knew because she knew, because she felt the joy of knowing, growing inside her body. She knew because she nourished and nurtured that child when, she was, when he was born with her body. Mary knew with her entire body. 
And yet, if we're honest, I mean, if we're really honest, we struggle to know. We struggle with this whole incarnation thing because the incarnation calls us to live differently. It calls us to relate to our God differently. It calls us to relate to each other differently. It calls us to live as if God's kingdom is already here. To live in a way that proclaims with our bodies that this world can be different from what it is now, that what has always been is actually supposed to slip away because God has already started the process of transforming what is into what will be. Mary knew it. Jesus preached it. And and we, we are supposed to live it, not just at Christmas and not just during Advent, but every day of our embodied lives in this world. The joy of Christmas isn't a baby in a manger. I mean, it's not even the empty tomb on Easter. It, it's the transformation of this very real world into God's very real kingdom that began with the birth of that very real baby who was God enfleshed in a very real body and who lived a very real life and died a very real death so that we could live into a very real resurrection. That's why the incarnation is fundamental to the Christian faith. To our faith. And that's what Mary knew. This Advent. Maybe you might know too. Thanks for joining us today on Whatever Worship for this reflection on Hebrews 2 verses 16 through 18. Join us next time as we wonder about the name of God and what it means to know that we have a God who is with us and not just to us.